As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Big Football Show, where last week, Jesse Temple and I knew that we were going to separate the men from the boys uh, in our picks, and that absolutely happened. Jesse, how did it How did it plan out? Well, it panned out a hell of a lot better for me than it did for you, Ari. We had four games that we <laughs> differed on out of six last week, um, and I wound up going four and two overall. You went two and four, so on the four that we differed, you got Northwestern early on. Beat Nebraska 21-13. For some reason, I thought the Cornhuskers might be a decent team for a week, but I was wrong there. And then the three that I got you on were Indiana. I had it; They were plus 3.5 against Michigan. So Hoosiers are really rolling now. They won 38-21. And then Penn State was favored by 25 against Maryland. Ohio State was favored by 38 against Rutgers. You told people not to bet that Rutgers game. You probably shouldn't have bet it yourself, but you had to make a pick. Neither of those teams covered, so I got those right. And that brings our total record this point uh, to nine and six for me, seven and eight for you. So if you're listening and you want to make some money, I guess the only answer is you have to listen to me and discard everything Ari says. Well, let me ask you this: What is the total record cumulatively of just me and you together? Well, what nine and six plus seven and eight? Yeah, what is that? Just do it real quick. I mean, it, it definitely lowers the winning percentage for me, so I don't know if I want to do it. I know, but like honestly, I'm not good at math. Just do it really quick. 16 and 14 together. So does that sound like you're winning money on this podcast if you take all the picks and put it together? Ari, as I guess it doesn't count because we're on. I'm trying. I'm trying to grasp its straws here because I can't tell them that I'm winning money right now, and it's it's really bothering me. I had a really tough week. Um, thank you so much for coming back this week, even after I let you guys down. Uh, Jesse Temple, who covers Wisconsin, and I will be handing out picks throughout the season in the Big Ten Conference, assuming that they'll be able to get a full schedule in. Jesse, uh, you cover Wisconsin, and you know every week it's kind of an interesting point of conversation, but you know that's going to be one of the games that we pick because we're picking all of them this week, but it's also like, does anybody even know who's playing in that game? Let's just start with Wisconsin, who opened up as a three-point favorite against Michigan, and 
now is a four and a half point favorite. And I don't even know how that line can move like that because I'm not even sure we know who's even playing. I'm incredibly surprised that the line has moved that way. And you're right. I think every episode we've done so far, we've started with Wisconsin because they've been a major storyline in the Big Ten, not having played the last two weeks. But this is one of the most unusual games to pick because it's exactly as you said. We don't know who's going to play. I actually asked Wisconsin offensive quarter Joe, coordinator Joe Rudolph this week. I said, how close to full strength do you expect the offense to be? And this is what he said, quote, every day, every morning, you kind of don't know. So it keeps you on your toes. You've got to get twos and threes ready as well as the ones. You've always got to have a plan for personnel, end quote. And then Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator, made a joke about how he could guarantee that they would have 11 players defensively on the field when Michigan had 11 offensively. Um, I know that it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but Wisconsin, a little more than a week ago, had 27 active COVID-19 cases, and that included 15 players. Now, the one that a lot of people want to know about is quarterback Graham Mertz, uh, which we and many other outlets reported tested positive early on right after the Illinois game. So there's a 21-day return-to-play protocol, and the assumption, at least right now, is that it should line up for him to potentially be able to play against Michigan, but we're at the end of that right now where he's perhaps only now coming back to practice, and I don't know how many days of practice you actually need in order to get ready for Michigan, but if he's not available, they might wind up with a fourth-string quarterback potentially in Danny Vandenboom. The thing that is really difficult to answer as we assess this is I mentioned there were 15 players that tested positive, and we don't know how many of those guys will still be in the protocol and then not be available for the Michigan game. But Paul Christ even said uh, that there's a good chance they're going to be using players who just a few weeks ago in the season opener would not necessarily have been in the two deep. So for all those reasons, even though Wisconsin at full strength is a much better team than Michigan, I don't think I can take the Badgers at, at minus four and, a, four and a half points right now. I, I think Do you even want to count this? game i do i don't even know how you begin to pick a game where you don't know like i mean i my default is just to take the points because michigan's not very good but from my understanding michigan is going to have their entire team and if you're if you're going to have like third string walk-on left guards playing and weird skill position players that wouldn't even have been on the travel rod i mean i don't even know how you begin to analyze this game can i ask you this jesse do you think that this is gamesmanship a little bit do you think that they have an idea of who's going to play do we know if graham mertz has even been practicing at all like, how much information do we actually know is fact right now in this game? Right, and and that's a key question, too. I think because it was reported early on that Graham was one of the players who tested positive, the coaching staff has been more forthcoming about where he stands in this situation. Uh, Chris and Rudolph have both said that it's sort of a wait and see, but that the expectation is that he would return to practice here at the end of this week. Uh, and I think, I, I think that's not gamesmanship I think it's really like we need to see him out there with the ones assuming he's able to practice which is sort of the last point when you ramp back up after basically day 15 is when you can start ramping back up after you've taken the the heart screenings and all that and only at the end can you actually go back to practices so if he is in fact at that point which we believe he is then I think it is truthful the the staff needs to evaluate uh how close he can be to playing but I, I have to think that they have the timetable of the rest of the guys on when they would be available Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to line up perfectly and that the doctors would clear them. But you're right. That's why this game is so hard to pick. You know, you mentioned, oh, maybe there's a third string left guard coming into the game. I don't know how drastic it is. I mean, I think that they've got enough players there and enough depth at a lot of positions to play well. But simply because I can't say which of those guys in the two deep aren't going to be available until kickoff. I just have a hard time picking the Badgers, and even though Michigan has... You can't even... Well, yeah, even though Michigan's really struggled. Yeah. I mean, I, Joe Milton, I think, 
he needs help. But Leonard said that his best plays on tape scare the hell out of you because of what he can do with his feet and the fact he can change numbers in the run game. And, and Jack Sanborn, the inside linebacker, said that Milton has made some throws. He mentioned a post route in the Indiana game that most quarterbacks can't make. So I'm not saying one guy will single-handedly beat the Badgers. But to your point, if Michigan's at full strength and Wisconsin is not, then I've got to go with the Wolverines. Yeah, I mean, after week one, if we would have sat here and talked about a Michigan-Wisconsin matchup, we would have thought it would be a hard-fought game either way, right? Like the spread of that game might have been three the way it is now. And, you know, I know the two teams have gone in separate directions. Michigan has lost two consecutive games and looked to be uh, kind of a dumpster fire, and then Wisconsin hasn't played at all. But I don't even know how you begin to break down a game if you don't even know who's playing. So it's like I, I'm, I'll pick the points because – Whenever I'm uncertain, I always just rely on taking the cushion of having the points. I, I think that Michigan is in a desperate spot, and they need to win, and that's what I thought last week, and that was false thinking. And I listen, Ant, I'm, I'm, I'm 0-3 here like I in Michigan games. What am I going to do? So take the points, and you know I'm probably going to be 0-4. But you know I, it'll be interesting to me. I feel like Wisconsin has a chance here, Jesse, to really make a – statement if they can win a football game like this at like half speed because you know they they have to do whatever they can in order to put themselves back in the playoff discussion if that's something that is even thought about right now in Madison but if they go out and they beat Michigan with a bunch of plug-and-play players I think that that is a as good of a statement as actually winning full speed looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I don't want to overstate it, but I do think, let's say, Wisconsin's down, I don't know, 10 players and six or eight of them were in the two deep in the season opener. I think it would be one of the, the great accomplishments of the Paul Christ era, even though Michigan has struggled, just to go in uh, and, and win a game when you're shorthanded and you've been through what they've been through. Because let's keep in mind, they, it's been a roller coaster for them because they, they won the season opener against Illinois. They looked like a college football playoff contender, as much as you want to judge that off beating a bad team in the season opener. And then they had to cancel two games. And these guys have been through so much. And emotionally, it's been a lot. The, the, the players talked about because they had to shut down team activities for basically a week and a half. Kendrick Pryor, the wide receiver, was basically relegated to doing like TRX workouts in his apartment, uh, hooking up resistance bands to his door, and then running in the fields in downtown Madison somewhere in a park. I mean, that's kind of what they yeah. had to do. So they've dealt with a lot. And I just don't know, even though they say they're ready and they have the energy, uh, that is a lot more than a lot of programs have had to endure, and I think more than Michigan has had to endure, even though, as I said, the Wolverines have had their own struggles. Uh, but And Hutchinson, for example, is, is out because he's got an injury. I still, four and a half points surprises me that the line has moved a point and a half here in the last few days. 
not only has it moved a point and a half, it's moved in their direction. Right. It's very <laughs> They're surprising. getting more heavier. Yeah, so I'm very curious to see how this behaves going into it, but we're both on Michigan plus four and a half. But Jesse, having covered a team that has gone through this, and it's now, what, going on three weeks of just uncertainty, and now the Ohio State-Maryland game got canceled, based on what you've seen and, and seen how uh, Wisconsin has dealt with this, does what happened with uh, in the SEC and, and the fact that three of the top five teams in college football aren't playing and the fact that the outbreaks that are occurring on these teams are happening more regularly, regularly especially in the Big Ten, does it worry you that they're going to even be able to, to, to finish the season at this point, or do you think it's already too far into it to, to sidetrack now? Honestly, I think we're too far into it. If there were enough concerns about not being able to finish a season, I don't think they would have started. I mean, the, the train is left to this station, you know, uh, and I don't think this is going to be even the Ohio State Maryland Maryland game represents the first non-Wisconsin game that's canceled. I don't think it's going to be the last. We haven't even approached the halfway point of the Big Ten season. And you mentioned what's going on in the SEC. I'm not going to say this season will come with an asterisk because they're still going to play enough games. And if you get to a playoff, you would think that there would be a semifinal and a, and a national final as well. Uh, but this is the most unique season that we've covered. There's no question about it. And I don't think that's going to be the last cancellation in the Big Ten or in college football based on everything yeah. we've seen. You just have to figure out how to deal with it. And it's not something that goes away after one week. That's the other thing. Because of the Big Ten's 21-day return-to-play protocol, yeah. this is affecting guys for up to three weeks in the league, uh, which has much stricter standards than every other conference. Yeah, we, we started with uh, Wisconsin because they have somehow become the first uh, or the most interesting topic in the Big Ten this year. And Obviously not for the right reasons, but still interesting, and I'm very uh, much looking forward to seeing if, if Mertz plays, and not only if Mertz plays, if, if Wisconsin can beat Michigan. And I think that's there's a lot on the line for Wisconsin as they try to get back into the national discussion. There's a lot on the line for Michigan, who is in turmoil, and now there's a lot of uh, drum beating about whether or not Jim Harbaugh is the right guy for them moving forward. But let's backtrack a little bit here and just start with Friday night's game so when people are listening to this, they can get juiced up and ready for Friday night's game. Iowa and Minnesota. Iowa's laying three and a half on the road. Um, what is your take on this one, Jesse? I feel like every week is sort of a referendum on each of these teams, especially in a shortened season. But, man, Minnesota's run defense has been astoundingly bad. The, the Gophers are allowing... 7.3 yards per carry, 239.3 yards per game. I think Iowa gets it going on the ground. Iowa showed it how to pulse last week by pummeling Michigan State 49-7. to Running back Tyler Goodson rushed for 113 yards and two touchdowns in that game. And Iowa, as a team, ran for 226 yards and four touchdowns. We're looking at a Minnesota team on the verge of being 1-3 and three one year after nearly winning the Big Ten West and having a shot at the college football playoff appearance. Uh, I'm going Iowa on this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this. If you're a team that's giving up nearly eight yards per carry, I don't even know how you can even be viewed as a functional defense at that point, and Minnesota isn't. And, you know, Minnesota has shown a pulse at times, and I think that they have some really good offensive skill on that team. They, they might have the uh, argument to having a top three receiver and a top three running back, and then, of course, a top three quarterback in a league that has had a pretty big renaissance of top-level quarterbacks in the last few years when you think about what Mertz has and Justin Fields and Tanner Morgan and, you know, maybe even the McCaffrey kid at Nebraska, which we'll get to. And, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks now in this conference that can play at a high level. So um, I, I just don't know that Minnesota has enough to stop Iowa, especially after they just rolled – 
Michigan State and put up 49 points. So I'm going to I'm going to lay the points there as well. And, you know, I think more so than anything, I'm scared of being as wrong as I was last week. So I'm just going to copy all of your picks. Oh, well, uh, thanks a lot. Then that'll be much less interesting for listeners. You know, what's interesting this week, though, is five of the six games we're picking. Uh, the road team is the favorite. I just think that's kind of yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, road road favorites in the NFL are impossible. Road favorites in college are a little bit more manageable. So let's go to the next road favorite. And here's a fun stat for you. Because of COVID and because Ohio State's not playing this week, if Indiana goes on the road and beats Michigan State on Saturday, they will come into Ohio Stadium the following weekend as the team in sole possession of first place in the Big Ten East. Uh, in a mid to late November game, and that's probably the first time in the history of Indiana football that that happens. So um, I don't know what's going to happen in in two weeks and how all this things all this stuff's going to pan out. But the fact that there's there's a potential for there to be a top ten matchup between Ohio State and Indiana is the quintessential bizarro world example of what you can kind of try to quantify 2020 to be. Um, so where are you on Indiana? Are you? I was wrong again. I was super impressed by Indiana. They. You know, I'll get into that. What do you think of Indiana? I'm laying the points on this one. I wrote Indiana to victory last week, and I'm going to do it again. Even though the Hoosiers were their seven-point favorites now, they were 3.5-point underdogs a week ago, I love what Michael Penix Jr. has done. He's got seven touchdown passes, one interception, and he's got a lot of weapons in the passing game too. The other thing is, as I look at the other side, I just don't know who Michigan State is right now. The Spartans lost to Rutgers in the opener while turning the ball over seven times. Then Michigan State beats Michigan by three points. And then last week, Iowa stomps all over Michigan State, 49-7. Mel Tucker still has a lot to figure out. Indiana is in the midst of this renaissance, this magical season. Um, you know, even though seven points feels like a lot, I, I just I think the Hoosiers have too much offense for the Spartans. Yeah, I was very down on Indiana's ability to beat Michigan last week. I thought Michigan would come out pissed off that they lost to Michigan State, and Indiana wouldn't be able to sustain success for three straight weeks. And boy, was I wrong. They didn't just beat Michigan. I thought they beat the crap out of Michigan. So to me, that gives me a um, good feeling about the way that this team is built and, and the fact that you know I think there's a possibility that they actually are a top three program or top three team, not program, in the Big Ten this year. Um, and... I don't really know what's going on in the Big Ten. This the, the the results of this season are completely bonkers, Jesse. I, if you start doing the transitive property, you're just going to end up in a dead end. I came into the season thinking there was a chance that Michigan State could be historically bad for their standards this year. Um, then they beat Michigan, and then I thought I was wrong about that. And then what I saw happen to them against Iowa last week, it's just like we're back. Indiana's rolling. Uh, they might kind of be looking ahead to Ohio State, as funny as that sounds, and, and that kind of gives you a little bit of pause. But they have a lot of offensive firepower on there. They know who they are. They know what they want to do. Michigan State is kind of the worst version of itself right now. And seven points, though, you're right, does seem like a lot. It's really not that much when you start breaking down in the grand scheme of things in terms of how games can get away from teams in this conference. So, you know, I am, again, with you, Indiana – takes care of business, uh, advances to 4-0, and and heads into Ohio State for a top-10 matchup that game day should probably go see. So uh, I'm super excited to watch Indiana and Ohio State play in two weeks, but they got to take care of business first. Okay, next one, uh, Penn State and Nebraska, the battle of teams that are both desperate, and which one do you think is more desperate? Yeah, this is a question of which winless team I have more faith in. Nebraska's the, here's a stat that I just find – Amazing is that Nebraska is the only team in the Big Ten that hasn't thrown a touchdown pass yet. Um, now they got Martinez and McCaffrey. They're strong running threats. Both those guys average more than seven yards per carry. 
I think Penn State outduels Nebraska in this one and, and covers. I like quarterback Sean Clifford. Um, Dotson has five touchdown catches, and he caught three of them against Ohio State. So I feel like Nittany Lions can't possibly be this bad, even though they've had some adversity this season. Nebraska just hasn't been very good. And since I have to make a pick, I think Penn State covers. We're going to differ on this Finally. one. Finally. I, I think Penn State is on the verge of collapsing. Um, they they don't have much to play for anymore. They had some devastating news, and it was unfortunate news when, when Journey Brown uh, was ruled out for football for his career because of a medical condition. And I hate to see that because it's just terrible, and you never want to see somebody take get their dream taken away. But, you know, what Penn State is right now, they are dysfunctional on offense. They just got blown out by Maryland. The players that have returned, like Pat Fryermuth, did it for no reason. There's nothing left to play for. It's unpredictable. Uh, everything that you know you could experience in a season from heartbreak loss to uh, embarrassing loss to an overmatched opponent to just the typical Ohio State game. I mean, they've experienced all ways of losing. Um, and I don't know what you look at. I mean, Dotson's a stud. Uh, Clifford has regressed. I, I don't know if there's any part of this team that is better than it was last year. Even their kicker, who I think lost, Audrey Snyder told me, missed one field goal last year, has already missed three. Like, there's nothing trending up about this team. And then, of course, the future. Penn State has zero commitments from the top ten players in Pennsylvania, which is also an embarrassing statistic. I don't know. Um, what do you think is more painful, uh, Penn State on the way down or uh, Nebraska on the way up in terms of hope and in where those fans are. I think that Penn state fans are, are getting to the point of indifference. And I think Nebraska needs a win uh, really bad to get some hope in Scott Frost. I don't think Penn state has enough to even win this football game. I think I'm going to take Nebraska outright. Um, and you know, that's, um, so I'm going to take the points just for the sake of us doing it, but I think Nebraska is going to win the football game at home. I don't see how you can look at Penn state and think, yeah, that's a team that I think is going to go win a road football game right now. Yeah, those are all valid points. I, I thought last week I said Nebraska needed to beat Northwestern to gain some momentum and show that they could be on the way up. Now, Northwestern, obviously, perhaps better than a lot of us thought they would be. They've got a great defense. I know we'll get to them. Uh, but I don't know. I just Maybe it's because I cover the West and, and I haven't seen Nebraska become the team that a lot of people feel like they should become. Uh, but I'm sticking with Penn State, and at least we do have a differing pick as we head into the final two games. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah, I know that Maryland has uh, some nice offensive skill position players. Where Kim Jarrett's a five-star prospect, and Baby Tua out here th- throwing dimes, and like I get that. But can somebody explain to me how Penn State lost by that much to Maryland? And like Maryland's defense is terrible; they couldn't even score until the end of the game. I, I, there's nothing about the Penn State team right now that makes me feel confident that they can do anything. Um, okay, let's just do this one really quick because you know. At first, I thought at the beginning of the year that, you know, the, they have the tiered bowl game or the tiered championship games from first to, to last at the Big Ten this year, the Big Ten championship game for first and second, third, and so on. 
I think we all just assumed that Rutgers and Illinois were going to be the last place game. But guess what? We're lucky. We get it a little bit early. And I think that Rutgers um, has shown actually a great uh, little pulse this year. They've already got one game. They're laying a touchdown. They're laying a the Rutgers is laying a touchdown in the Big Ten game. And I think, based on what I saw uh, against Ohio State last week, they have a really nice pulse. And they ran every single trick play in the history of humanity, including the annexation of Puerto Rico against Ohio State, and a lot of them worked. I don't know how uh, functional that is, but I think that Rutgers actually has a few nice players, and Greg Schiano has them playing with confidence. So, to me, I, I think I'm laying the points here. I think I'm, give, I'm laying seven and betting on Rutgers in a Big Ten football game. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. It's funny you mentioned potentially what could be a last place game for anyone who's listening that's ever played Gus Macker, which is a three-on-three basketball tournament. If you go like 0-2, you fall into this loser's bracket and you have to work your way up to play in their loser's championship, which is known as the toilet bowl. That's sort of what this reminds me of. No disrespect, <laughs> but the way things are going, it could be the game, the match of the last place teams. I mean, this features the two worst offenses in the Big Ten, and Illinois has just been putrid so that that's why i'm with you the, the difference is that I, I at least know rutgers can win a game this season because we saw it against michigan state illinois is last in the big 10 in time of possession last in third down conversion rate uh, they're only averaging 162.7 yards passing per game and for me there's just too many areas in which illinois struggles plus the quarterback situation for illinois isn't exactly ideal starter brandon peters missed the game last week after testing positive for COVID 19 and, and the illini Finished out a 41-14 loss to Minnesota with a fourth-string quarterback. So seven points might feel like a lot, but I'm still laying the points on the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, yeah. And actually, Jesse, I think this is something that we should talk about. Do you think these are the two worst? I mean, maybe Illinois will be, but do you think Rutgers is going to be in the last place game this year? Because I'm not sure that I do. I don't think Rutgers. I think Michigan State's going to. Well, I don't think Rutgers. Yeah, it might be Michigan State. I I think it might wind up between those two teams, even though right now Penn State's in last place at 0-3 and Michigan's at 1-2. I mean, there's... There's three teams at one and two right now. So if I had to pick, probably not, but it's it's still a possibility as we round the halfway point of the Big Ten season for most teams. I don't know. I think I think Rutgers has been more impressive. And, and I remember last week when we were talking about the Ohio State Rutgers game, you asked me when I when I didn't pick Ohio State to cover the spread, whether I thought it would be a game where Ohio State got up big and then everyone put the scrubs in and, and Rutgers wound up getting in at the end uh and i felt like they'd be more competitive and they were and i think that says a lot about the scarlet knights and and where they're headed yeah that was a little bit longer than we thought we were probably going to go on that game but you know i'm i'm here for the rutgers rejuvenation okay northwestern purdue we got a a huge matchup right now and this is the last one right jess Yep, this is it can i call you jess are we on that level yet i suppose I'll, i'll allow it does anybody else call you that maybe one or two people um but you can join. Uh, okay, you can so join I'm the in, special club, Ari. I'm, all right, Jess. Who, what do you have in the uh, Northwestern Purdue game? Biggest game of the week. It is. This is for first place. <laughs> this is for first place in the Big Ten West. I'm not sure if you're you're joking or not about the the uh, kind importance of, not. of this game, but uh, this is very intriguing. I I picked against Northwestern last week, and I won't do it do it again here. So we would be looking at a four and zero Northwestern team heading into a major game at home against Wisconsin the following Saturday. This is intriguing to me because Purdue has the number one passing offense in the Big Ten. Aiden O'Connell's averaging 326.5 yards per game. And Northwestern ranks number two in passing defense. Well, what I like about the Wildcats is that they've allowed just one passing touchdown and have eight interceptions, which leads the Big Ten. So I'm going to lean on the Northwestern defense, uh, and I think Northwestern wins and covers on the road. Yeah, I, I'm with you. 
I'm, I'm with Come you. Come on, I, I, Ari. This, Let's make it, it interesting. I know. I'm, I just want to – I'm never – I say a lot of things that make people angry, but the one thing, Jesse, that I'm, I pride myself on is that I don't say things that I don't mean to make people angry. I always feel what, I, what I'm saying. And Purdue has got off to a good start. Dave Bell might be one of the top five receivers in the conference, but Northwestern might have it this year. And like I said last week, I think Pat Fitzgerald does a really good job of managing his team and, you know, keeping things afloat and riding when things are going really well. And last year they went not not so well. And this year they've got a really good defense and an offense that could put some points up. So, you know, I know it's tough laying points on the road. I know that Northwestern and Purdue doesn't necessarily make you tingle when you're getting excited for a Big Ten football game, but it's possible. And we've seen before, Northwestern has advanced to a Big Ten championship. And when things are going well, they're a very well-coached team. Um, Right now, a three-win team that has looked good and really had the results in all three games is kind of hard to pick against right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm here for the, the biggest game of the, of the weekend. And I'm also here to, to see if Wisconsin can beat Michigan and then we can get a nice little Wisconsin-Northwestern matchup that can, you know, get the juices flowing a little bit. But I'll tell you what, man, before we wrap this thing up, I am so utterly confused by the results of this conference. I don't even know who's good. I don't know who's bad. I don't know who stinks. I don't know how viable of an option Wisconsin is going to be in the long-term race of the playoff. I think it's possible that they could keep winning games if they have quarterback play at that level and they're healthy, but who knows what they are. Ohio State's giving up points and doesn't have an explosive running back. I mean, there's questions and answer and no answers for anything in this conference, and I think that maybe it's COVID-related, but more so than anything, it's just the, the weirdest season of Big Ten football in the last 10 years, I think. Yeah, if you had told me that the teams near the bottom in the East would be Michigan and Penn State at the start of the season and Indiana would be in in first place, I would have been very surprised. Uh, But that's kind of what this year is all about. It's sort of about which team can weather the storm best. I think what's happening globally is is impacting basically every college football team, maybe to different degrees. uh, But when it's all said and done, uh, all these teams are going to be impacted. And uh, I, I just hope that these teams can get the games in. Because it would be a shame, for example, and, and I know we're getting down the line here, but if Wisconsin can't even play six games and therefore doesn't qualify for a Big Ten championship, even though maybe the Badgers are the best team in the West, that's the kind of odd season that we're on the cusp of having or we've already begun to have. Uh, so we'll just have to see how it all plays out, but it will definitely be another interesting week in the Big Ten. Now, it's not actually six games, right? It's two less than the average of the total games played, correct? That is correct. So there's a chance right now, that five could be enough. Yeah, but right now there's only been one other cancellation. So that's, yes, you're right. Technically, that is correct. But just as of now, I look at it as they've got to get six in because yeah. if they got five, then you're going to be relying on a lot of other cancellations and a total average. Um, and that's just harder for me to fathom right now <laughs> yeah 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 okay well thanks everybody for listening i i know that this is more exciting a lot of times when jesse and i are on different sides but when we're on the same side i think we do tend to do pretty well so take out your wallet call your bookie put the bets in get rich thank you so much for listening we will be back one week from today that was the big 10 football show <laughs>